This is the Canty and Carlin Podcast. Or, you know, maybe just don't stomp on his chest. That's an idea. That's, that's just me. But the production is top-notch. I can't argue with that. It's Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio. Blow the whistle. I haven't heard this song in a long time. And it's appropriate, right, with the series yeah. shifting back to the Bay Area? Blow the whistle? A little too short? Come on now. <laughs> Come on now. Got to. Well, as we know, they will have to try to do it. The Warriors will in Game 3 without Draymond Green. It's Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio, Series XM Channel 80. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. Joe Dumars speaking on why Draymond Green got suspended for a game and what really led to it. Why wasn't Sabonis public? If, if he doesn't uh, grab his ankle, we don't have this. Here's the thing. Grabbing an ankle is one thing, and the referees dealt with it on the court, right? And so we, we, we feel like that was enough, that they dealt with it on the court, technical foul, Golden State gets one free throw. You separate that out, and you go to Draymond now, and you go, okay, that was a bonus's act. Now what was Draymond's act? And so when you separate them out, I'll say the three things that I, I, I said a little while before, the act itself, conduct detrimental, and repeat uh, offender, that's where you end up landing with the, with the suspension, and the other one is where you land up with the technical foul. So, I, I, you know, of course, if he doesn't grab his ankle, we don't get here. But, uh, you know, the act itself we, we thought was a little bit overboard, a little bit there. Do, Look, do they have PR staffs that prep these executives before they make these types of statements? Of course. Because I, I just I don't understand anything that Joe Dumars is talking about. How can you talk about separating the two acts out? They're inextricably linked. There was one action that triggered a reaction. Now, we can say the reaction was an escalation, but the, the, the lack of wanting to acknowledge that Sabonis instigated the incident is where I have a huge problem with this. And, and to say that the referees dealt with it on the court would be disingenuous because the referees didn't blow the whistle until Draymond Green stomped on Sabonis. Now, we saw something very similar in game one where Draymond Green was on the ground. He was trying to get up, and Sabonis held him down. The referees didn't blow the whistle then. So I, I just I struggle with this concept that the referees got it right on the court when it came to holding Sabonis accountable for a, a, a move or an action that wasn't a basketball move or an action. I, I, just, I, I, I can't get with the explanation that Joe Dumars is putting out there and that's why it feels like it's it's a little one-sided when it comes to the discipline that the league is doling out in this. We're not even talking about a fine for what Sabonis did. It was a technical foul, not even a flagrant one. I, I just I I struggle with with the fact that Sabonis is seemingly being let off the hook when he was the cause of all of this. Well, in the moment, he is certainly let off the hook because yes, he's not getting suspended. He's not getting a fine. I would argue that they will be paying a lot more attention to him. I'm not going to sit here and tell you that Sabonis did not instigate the situation, but it's exactly what he was trying to do because they know what Draymond's history is. And that's what the big argument here is to me. If I'm going to blame anybody, I can't blame the league. I'm not going to do it. I'm going to blame Draymond because it was an avoidable situation. And for as many times as we point to how Draymond playing on the edge is such an important part of the success of the Golden State Warriors, we do have to acknowledge that there are times where it does not help them. It did not help them in 2016, and the other night, it hurt them. It absolutely hurt them. 
He got knocked. He was ejected from the game. I felt like he should have been suspended because of how it looked and because of what his history is. When you look like you are literally stomping down on the guy's chest, that's a bad look. And then you show no remorse for it whatsoever in hours after the fact. But but you just said it right there. His actions hurt them in the game, too. He, they, essentially, they've already been punished. By ejecting Draymond Green with the game in the balance, you all but gifted the game to the Kings, who went on a run in crunch time. After, after Draymond Green went off the court, the Kings scored 23 points and shot 10 or 15 from the field. Like, you, 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 you essentially gifted them the game. Draymond, Draymond gifted was, them Dray- the game. <laughs> Draymond did. All I'm simply saying is Draymond was held accountable. They tossed him out of the game, and his team lost. I don't know. I don't understand why we have to go above and beyond that by saying, well, we're not going to have him on the court for game three as well. So now what you're doing if you're the league office, you decided the outcome in game two by tossing him out of there because you didn't like Draymond's reaction to Sabonis' behavior. But then you're going to keep him off the court for game three and ultimately decide the outcome of that one as well. See, I don't, I don't necessarily buy that it's deciding the outcome of game three. It hurts them in game three. I won't deny that. Um, the problem for me, though, becomes if I'm looking at Draymond and it, what his history is, and they say this in the statement, you have to take that into account. You have to when it looks as blatant as it does in the moment. But you're taking the history into account with Draymond. You're not going to take the history of Sabonis into account? What he well, did the, in the, game the, one? What he's done all season? You're not going to factor none of that in either? When we're talking about the two histories, we know there's a big difference. You should factor it in with Sabonis, and I have a feeling from here on that Sabonis, like we said, is going to draw a lot more of attention. You're not wrong by by pointing out what Sabonis has done wrong in all this. There, There's some dirty plays in there, too, but my issue with Draymond is he knows that the officials are always looking at him. He knows this. And, and so if they're always looking at him and you're, they see Sabonis actually holding him down while he's trying to get back on offense, you don't think that that merits them making a foul call? Well, they, listen, they should have called a foul in the moment, but they ended up calling a but, technical but here's after my, play but here's, my point, but here's my point, though. You had a chance to review all of this in your deliberation on what kind of suspension or what kind of discipline you wanted to give to Draymond. You could also retroactively impose a fine on Sabonis for his actions too. You chose not to. So why are we looking back at one guy's past and we not going to look at what Sabonis just did in game one? Well, your point earlier to this is the reason why they didn't do it, and it's not right. I am totally with you. If you think that Sabonis should get fined for it, he should. And why didn't he? Because, well, it's, you know, it stepped on his chest and we're getting an x-ray afterward and all that. Well, he wouldn't have stepped on your chest if you didn't grab his ankle and twist it. Chris, I I agree. What you said earlier, Sabonis is being portrayed here as a victim when he's not a victim. He's not. But we can't ignore what that looked like. And that's why the league, I think, did it. And I, listen... They didn't put this part in the statement. I don't think there's any doubt that Draymond instigated doing everything he did with the crowd in the moment. Preach. And then saying Preach. what he did after the game, even though that's not in the statement, that played a role too. It had to. It had to factor into the math. And here's the here's the part about that, big fella. I wouldn't blame the league if it factored into it. 
because one of the ugliest incidents in league history happened to be the malice in the palace where you had players inciting an angry mob in Detroit. And they would have visited, the Pacers were the visiting team. That, that's where that came, like I would have no problem if the league is saying, you know what, we're going to put the kibosh on this. We can't have this type of behavior because with the atmosphere being what it is, the intensity not only from the players but from the fans because it's a playoff game, when we have that type of altercation on the court, we can't allow that to spill over into the stands. And we can't have a player essentially be the catalyst in, in an incident where the fans decide they're going to cross the line. That, that I, and with the commissioner on hand and present for that game, I completely understand that. I get it. But why not say as much? Everybody yeah. would understand if that was a part of the equation. Everybody gets that. Yeah, I don't like, understand there's a certain, why There's that. a certain level of decorum that you're supposed to conduct yourself That's to conduct yourself with. That's why it's called professional basketball. And, and, and so if that's a part of why you decided to suspend Draymond Green for game three, I would absolutely get it. Because remember this, you're talking about them going to the Chase Center for game three. Like you want to make sure that you set a tone for how all of this continues to unfold in this series and what your expectations are for the players and making sure that this doesn't become a situation where the fans become adversarial toward the opposing teams. It's Kenji and Carlin, ESPN Radio, and the ESPN app. I don't for a second, however, believe that the Warriors are done in this series, and I don't believe that the Kings are going to go to Sacramento and win Game 3. I th- Or going to go to San Francisco, I should say, in the Chase Center and win Game 3. I think that place is going to be absolutely insane tomorrow night. I think the Warriors will rally around what would happen because from every indication, from what Woj tweeted earlier, uh, I believe he tweeted this, that the league is just absolute, or the Warriors are just absolutely livid with the league about it. I think this is a back to the wall. They will be coming out like a cornered animal tomorrow night, and I would be very surprised if Golden State didn't win game three. How much trouble do you feel like the Warriors are in right now? They're in some trouble, big fella, because you're talking about them missing a huge piece of their defense, a guy that brings that toughness on the interior, and you're going to need that toughness against a guy like Sabonis. And and I'm not sure that Kevon Looney is going to be able to give you the minutes that you're looking for and be effective in that regard. And quite frankly, not only are you losing something on the defensive end with Draymond, but you're losing a catalyst on the offensive end too. Remember, Draymond gets the rebound and he starts to break. They don't have to get it to a point guard. He doesn't have to get it to Steph Curry, Klay Thompson, or Jordan Poole or Andrew Wiggins. He can be the guy to initiate offense. And when the Warriors offense is at its best, Draymond Green is in the middle of that as well in terms of ball movement. So them missing Dre is going to make it awfully tough on both ends of the court. But defense has been the Achilles heel of this team, not scoring points. Although I will say on offense, the turnovers and the carelessness, the recklessness with the basketball has played a major factor too. Big fella, we're talking about 41 Kings points off of 37 Warriors turnovers. That can't happen in game three. Because if it does, with no Draymond, you're talking about this series being being over in four or five games. All right, let's get to it. Let's get more on this with Kendrick Perkins, ESPN NBA analyst who joins us right now. Perk, Chris Carlin, Chris Canty. First of all, let's just go right off of what Canty was just saying. Are the Warriors in big trouble right now? 
<laughs> they was in big trouble before the series started. And that's exactly why I picked, I picked the Kings to, to beat them. Listen, when it comes down to the Kings and their depth, they have one of the deepest rosters in the league for us youth and guys being able to go get buckets. And so when I look at when I look when it comes down to me looking at the situation at hand right now, the great Danny Ainge always told me, be the instigator, not the retaliator. The retaliator is the one that always get caught. So with that being said. When I'm looking at what happened with Draymond, uh, was it a little bit obsessive? Yes. But as a guy that actually been in that position, I saw after what Draymond did, the way that he went about putting on the scene and showing off and acting and then his post-game interview, I said, oh, they going to suspend him because he don't feel he's not showing no type of remorse or no accountability. But the Warriors, the Warriors, Right, people talk about the the forty one turnovers or whatever the case may be, but talk about the twenty one deflections. Talk about the game playing the Mike Brown. The Warriors are in trouble. They're in trouble. Big fella, where are you at with the Draymond Green suspension? Because I was of the mind that he should not have been suspended, uh, but the league felt otherwise, and, and they went ahead and sat him for Game Three. Where are you at with the suspension? And what are the implications for that and for what we're going to see in game three? Well, so here, this is where I'm at. Like, I, I've been there before. Uh, multiple times been called in the, been called in the principal office. And what happens is, is that they go off of your action and they go off of your history. And so the history show, the history shows us that he don't have a, a good history for us, his track record. I believe this, and y'all think y'all tell me if I'm right or if I'm wrong. I believe that the league need to put something in place for the postseason where if it's something that's borderline straddling the fence for as an incident or something that occurs on the floor, they could they should really consider waiting to to punish that player or players next season, the following season and not in the postseason. Now, if it's something that's just outraged, then of course, but if it's something to this nature and you want to issue a one-game or two-game suspension, do it in the regular season. I, I get it, and I don't hate it, Perk. It feels like in that kind of an instance, like, all right, let's say they suspended Draymond here for one game for this. So instead, would you want to suspend him two games or three games during the regular season to kind of equate that. Right. That's what I'm saying. Okay. Okay. That way, that way, because like the Kings actually want to play the Golden State Warriors with Draymond because they don't want no excuses when they send them home. But on the flip side of it, we're looking at a guy like Sabonis, right? Who has very little playoff experience. Draymond Green, a four-time champion, multiple NBA finals, <laughs> and boy, it's no fun when the rabbit got the gun. <laughs> he actually got Draymond and tricked Draymond into getting into his feelings, his emotions, and uh, it cost him another game at a crucial time. And quite frankly, I'm going to tell you this. 
the Warriors are tired of it. They would they would never say this publicly, but they are tired of Draymond at this point. Mm. Everything that comes with him, you know, he's showing signs that he actually probably wanted to be playing with Braun more than he wanted to play with Steph. I'm pretty sure they're sick of that in that organization. Big Perk, what does the Draymond Green suspension in Game 3 mean for what we're going to see in Game 3? Well, I think we're still going to see the best version of Steph Curry. See, we forget one guy that plays with the ultimate passion and has pride, Steph didn't like the way his performance went in Game 2. He's going to bounce back. He's going to come out aggressive. He's going to come out in attack mode. I actually think Warriors get game three, to be honest with you, and it's going to be solely on the back of Steph Curry and his plate. And I will say this. I think Jonathan Kaminga is going to rise to the occasion. Hell, they drafted him in the lottery. He's shown the signs. I think this is his moment to actually show the organization that, hey, in these big moments, you could trust me. And I'm a guy that's going to deliver in great fashion. Kendrick Perkins with us. It's with Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio. So, Perk, last week when Canty and I did first take with you, uh, the two of you spent a good five, six, seven minutes chuckling over my points about the Grizzlies. So I'm going to let the two of you enjoy (laughs) right now all of your Lakers love, and I'm just going to sit back for a minute, okay? You you know what? You know what? Me me, me and my boy Candy, we we so – humble and we such great people that we not gonna even do that to to you calling because you our boy but we just tried to tell you man i look even before the job Morant injury here's my thing when it comes down to dylan brooks and desmond bain especially desmond bain what tip of player are we actually putting him in is he a guy that you could put him in the same conversation with, like a a Jalen Bron a Jalen Bronson? Can he have some Jordan Poole type performances? I don't think he can. And so with them missing Stephen Adams and Brandon Clark, and now a, a fifty or forty percent John Morant if he plays, they definitely out of there. But I just I just tried to tell you that. I t- and you know what's crazy? is that we was doing first take together, and I actually told you, I said, if Stephen Adams and Brandon Clark was playing, I would actually be picking Memphis in this series. Well, now I'm in the position where Canty's going to be drinking a bottle of my Johnny Walker Blue pretty soon. Hello! (laughs) (laughs) Yes, sir. Maybe I'll put a special inscription on it for him. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Appreciate you, Big Perk. Thanks, Perk. Thank you, as always, my brothers. Kendrick Perkins, ESPN NBA analyst. Great stuff as usual. Do you agree with the Draymond Green Game 3 suspension? 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Lines are open for you now. Up next, Jalen Hurts got his new deal. But does that mean another NFC East quarterback whose name rhymes with Smack Descott is going to get one as well? Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio. 
Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. This is the Canty and Carlin Podcast. Breaking NFL news, a mega payday for Eagles quarterback Jalen Hurts. He and the team agreed on a five-year, $255 million extension. The fact that this checked in at less than what Kyler Murray got a year ago from a practical guaranteed standpoint, I don't know how you can look at this as a win. He's earned it, not just because of his exceptional play on the field, but his leadership as well. He outplayed Patrick Mahomes in that Super Bowl. He got the Eagles to the Super Bowl, and he deserves every single bit of that contract. But there may be an unidentified as of yet benefit for the Eagles from the Jalen Hurts contract. It's Cantia Carlin on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app. Clarence Hill of the Fort Worth Star-Telegram, Canty, who you know very well and is locked in on the Cowboys, uh, points out that because of the Jalen Hurts contract, the Cowboys are probably going to have to deal with Dak Prescott soon. They would have had to anyway, given what the cap numbers look like the next couple of years. But if I'm the Eagles, could I have made just life even a little bit more difficult for the Cowboys and kind of forcing them to stick with Dak for a while? Yeah, I, I mean, anytime you see the quarterback market reset, you wonder what the implications are going to be for other quarterbacks that are angling for deals. And with Dak Prescott, he's got a $59 million cap hit in 2024. Ooh. The Dallas Cowboys are going to be forced to address that, and the only ways you can address that is to rework the deal and give him an extension, which means giving Dak more money. And it does feel a little counterintuitive for a quarterback that's had 32 turnovers in six, in what was it? 32 turnovers across 18 games 18. over the last two regular seasons. Yeah, you don't feel great about that, but that's the position that you're in. And right now, you can see that they're trying to retool this team, and you had to make some tough decisions this offseason, moving on from Ezekiel Elliott. But they did add Brandon Cooks and Stephon Gilmore, so this is still a franchise that has championship aspirations. 
But now I feel like we're going into 2023 with serious doubts that Dak Prescott can be a force multiplier when it comes to the pieces that are around him. And if that's the case for a quarterback that you're paying that kind of money to, then in a roundabout way puts a cap or a ceiling on what your team can ultimately be. See, here's the thing. They're never going to go into a situation where they're going to rebuild for a year. We, that's not what the Cowboys do. We know this. So they're not going to – you can't just sit there and say, well, why don't they just eat it on Dak Prescott a year from now? That's not going to happen. That's not what they're about. Well, you can say that's not what they're about, but that's not what Jerry Jones wants, right? Like, he right. ain't buying green bananas. He, he wants to try to win a championship, you know, and he's facing his own mortality, and he's recognizing that he doesn't have a whole lot of time to do that. So I think that's why there's that, that reticence to try to rebuild the franchise – and take that year where you're essentially taking a step back. I would argue, though, big fella, if you're going to take a step back, the next two years in the NFC might be the time to do it. I mean, you still have a chance, even with dealing with some of the cap ramifications, to be relatively competitive just given where the the conference is. I mean, Mm -hmm. outside of the Philadelphia Eagles, who's the team that scares you? I I mean, it's a fair question. I mean, who's scary? Nobody's scary. Exactly. That's my point. That's my point. Well, but here's the here's the problem. I mean, when you think about that, and and this is this is not where I want to measure this. If I'm the Cowboys, am I going to measure it uh, in the next couple of years of being able to win a championship by the fact that everybody else is not all that good, and maybe Dak is the third or fourth or dare I say even second best quarterback in the conference? Because if he is, that's that's great. And then it's all right, I'll leave it all down to one game in the Super Bowl, right? Mm-hmm. I like Chris, if it's me and I'm looking at the NFC, there's there's probably three to four quarterbacks I would take before Dak. And after Jalen. I mean would I after Jalen listen, I'm taking Jalen Hurts, obviously. Am I taking Justin Fields? I probably am. Mm-hmm. Am I taking uh, Derek Carr? I definitely am. Mm-hmm. I absolutely am. I mean, I could take it a step further, and I know this is going to sound disrespectful to a lot of Cowboys fans, but I really don't care. Who the Carolina Panthers draft number one? I'd probably <laughs> take that person over Dak Prescott. Wow. When you factor in the cost, the contract, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I can live in that world. Chris, I can live in that this. world where, where I would take Bryce Young over Dak Prescott right now. I mean – can you actually say Brock Purdy? One's been to a conference championship game. The other one hasn't. Wow. So, <laughs> so if you're Jerry, you're okay with just setting the bar at the fact that nobody else has got the guy, so I'm going to feed off of that, and I'll pay Dak again, even though in the first place he never really never got the impression he was in a hurry to the first time around. Well, here's what I'll say. Dak Prescott's going to give you a chance, right? Because even though we're, we're joking about where Dak Prescott is in the conference, you're still talking about having a top 12 to 13 quarterback in the NFL. And if you got a quarterback that's in that range, then you got a chance at winning a championship. It's just that Dak Prescott doesn't give you the margin for error considering what he makes on the contract, which is why the Cowboys are going to give an extension to try to lower that cap hit in the first place. The only problem is you continue to be tied – to a guy that gives you above average but not great quarterback play. Is that going to be enough to get this team where they want to be? It could, 
But that, again, doesn't give you a lot of margin for error in terms of missing on draft picks or missing on key free agents. Yeah, that's a problem. I mean, they're a very good team, but he has just got to find a way to cut down on these turnovers. Well, here's, here's the other problem that they have. Based on what happened this week for the Philadelphia Eagles, the Dallas Cowboys are paying rent to the landlords in Philly for the foreseeable future in the NFC East. Uh, there's no question. That's what they're doing. They, they're, yeah. paying rent to, they're paying rent to the landlords in Philly for the foreseeable future for the NFC East. May as well get a timeshare there because you're going to have to roll through there to try to get to the Super Bowl. That's what it is. Catch it, Carlin, ESPN Radio, and on the ESPN app, 888-729-3776, 888-SAY-ESPN. Do you agree with the Draymond Green Game 3 suspension? Calls are on the way. In just moments, we want to hear from you on this topic. And are they dead in Game 3? One of us doesn't think so. We'll discuss next. and Carlin, the podcast. NBA is suspending Warriors forward Draymond Green for stepping on the chest of Sacramento's DeMontis Sabonis. This is what made it more egregious, was the fact he got the team, then he doing all this stuff to the crowd, yeah, Adam that's... Silver's in the arena, like, Draymond, you too damn old to be acting like that. Draymond shouldn't have done it, but he was punished for it already. The NBA is the reason why people think NBA players are soft. There's no reason for Draymond Green to be suspended for this game. Other than, you know, stepping on his chest. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, and on the ESPN app. Look, you just, uh, I feel like there are just days you, yourself. you, you just, just tolerate. Yourself. You tolerate. That's what you do. No, I, 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 I tolerate you, but I'm going to be celebrating you. Oh, in about three more games in the Grizz Lakers series, <laughs> be celebrating you for being willing to go out on that limb and take Memphis. I'll give you credit. The other day, you waited until the game was actually over before you called me. Oh, of course, I did. even on the 15-0 run, or texted yeah. me rather. Yeah, yeah. I was and offered wait on me it. the out. I'm just glad you knew I was up watching it, though. Oh, I knew you. you I, I'm glad. I'm on. glad you knew I was up watching like that. Like of all things, I'm gonna, I'm gonna make sure I watch that game. I'm gonna pay attention to it. Like I started watching it. I was with my boys. It was three o'clock. And it was like, all right, we're gonna watch this game. And I don't really do that in social settings that often because you know it's hard to lock in on a game when you're hanging out with your boys. Yeah. But when all of your boys are Lakers fans and you're all locked into the game, it just made it that much sweeter. I'm just saying. Yeah, I gotta say, like. I'm sitting on one end of the couch, and I purposely put the phone on the other end of the couch, and then occasionally I just kind of give it the side eye late fourth quarter in the middle of that 15-0 run, yeah. see if it's going to start buzzing. Yeah. <laughs> nah, Second I the game go, was I, over. I, yeah, I gotta, I'll shoot you a little text after the game's over. <laughs> we, we, never, we, never, we never count the money before the deal is done. Well, depending on how things going, I, you may not get a response till the morning. <laughs> If that game gets out of hand tonight, guess who does not have to stay up to watch the end of it? But see, here's the thing. I might not get a response, but I know you would have read my text message. And that's all that really matters. So and I'll everybody just leave you on, the, on read at that point. And everybody on the group chat is going to respond to it. So you're going to see it. I know you're going to see it. Can't hit Carla, ESPN Radio. And on Sirius XM Channel Annie Ray in Atlanta. Next on Draymond Suspension. Ray, what do you got, bud? Absolutely, he should have been suspended, and it should have happened a long time ago. Think about it, guys. In 2016, this is the same guy that kicked Stephen Adams in his lower region, 
on purpose getting rebounds, supposedly. He got away. The NBA and the Warriors let him get away. Then he sucker punches, not even approaches his teammate like a man, but he sucker punches his teammate. And the NBA and Golden State let him get away. No, they didn't and let him get away. No, 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 no. no, 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 no. He was away from the team. Him. Yeah, he was away from the team. Yeah, he was suspended, For a couple right? of weeks, yeah, yeah, yeah. And by the way, in 2016, if you're going to go there, he did get suspended for what he did to LeBron. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Jamon Green has been fined over $1 million just for postseason antics. Yeah. Just for postseason antics. I, I mean, don't say it's about time and it should have happened a long time ago. That doesn't make any sense. No, not at all. Josh no. in Albany is next. ESPN Radio. Josh. How you guys doing? Got a couple things. First of all, I played competitive soccer up through D1 in college. And what he did... He was getting out of a leg lock, right? I've, I've had plenty of people on the ground try to grab my ankle, and that reaction is you twist and you jump to try to get out of it real quick, and he came down, and that's what it looked like to me. Um, second, Kaminga's going to shine t- tomorrow. Uh, I think it's his chance to prove he can kind of take that rollover. Uh, and third, I'll leave you with this. The Memphis Grizzlies are better without Ja over the last two seasons, and I think that's going to affect your bet. I think the Grizzlies are going to stick it out without Ja. And uh, I'll leave you with that. Well, the problem with the, if you're going to go to those stats, even I want to go to those stats, right? They were 20 and five last year without Ja. This year they're only 11 and 10. Yeah, uh, I, and I, they don't score as many points, and they give up more points. And so now they not, don't have Adams, and they don't have Clark. Like I can't sit there and lean on. Trust me, I am looking to grasp at any damn straw I can right now, and not even in the actual argument on the air, just in my own brain to give me some reason of hope. At the moment, I don't have it. Mike in Pennsylvania is next, ESPN Radio. Mike. Hey, gentlemen. Thanks for taking my call. I absolutely do agree with this. Um, okay, the act happened on the court. Understandable. It's two guys heating the moment. That's, there's, I, I completely agree with that. Draymond got his punishment there. It was the antics after the fact. You're yelling at the customers. You're yelling profanity, bad stuff, all that. I read his lips. I saw the Kings guy in the jersey flip the two birds. The thing is, though, they're the customers. You're the worker providing for them customers. You have to be a class act. I'm a Draymond Green fan, one of my favorites, top three, because of his antics. He knows how to get in people's heads. That's part of the game. That's the style of being an athlete. That well, if, if that's your about. argument, I don't think there's any question that's a big reason, actually, why he got suspended. Yeah, but I don't think it has to go to the whole customer versus the no. entertainer or the, you know, the, the worker. I, I don't think you have to take it to, to that realm because now you're talking about a completely different dynamic. I think the potential to incite the crowd and, you know, get, you know, get a mob that was already charged up, uh, a mob that, that was already fired up, um, a reason to cross the line. I think that potential with the commissioner and a lot of the league brass in the, 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 the arena, I think that's what what makes it a situation where that factors into the math. But my only issue with this, big fella, is why didn't the league come out and say that? Like, they're saying that, that that's not really what's going on here. It's about Draymond's history and about the escalation from what Sabonis did to Draymond's reaction. They're, 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 they're trying to, I guess, distance themselves from the possibility that the antics after the flagrant two is a part of the equation when trying to dole out this discipline. And I just think that's the wrong way to go about it. If that factored into it in terms of how he was interacting with the crowd after the flagrant two, then just go ahead and say that. 
But to try to ignore that and just focus on the actual incident, but yet try to separate what Draymond and Sabonis did, I, I just think that that gets messy. It's much more clear in terms of the message that you're sending about the kind of behavior you expect in playoff games if you come out and say all of the different factors that played a role in why you're taking Draymond off the court for Game 3. I would have, I would have absolutely no problem whatsoever if they had said that. Nor would if I. they had said there was a lack of remorse. I would have no, no problem. I mean, I don't see why that would be problematic to ask. We're looking forward to tonight. Big games, including Giannis. Is he going to play? Thanks for listening to the Canty and Carlin podcast. You can listen to the show live weekdays from 3 to 7 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Plus, you can listen on the ESPN app. Canty and Carlin, the podcast.